that yeah, makes yeah. it legal. It makes it legal. So, so a license is just that. If you pay it, that allows you to to, to break the law legally. Yeah, that's mm. right. Or yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. uh, that's good. Way, that's the best way to say it. I was going to say something else, but same thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, you know, I th often think of the Indians. At uh, at first, they had they made uh, they were equals and they made treaties with them. Yeah. And then they finally wore them down to where they were wards of the state. Yes. And so mm. that's. Uh, uh, that's the way they, uh, they've done with us, little mm -hmm. at a time, a little at a time, and so uh, uh, that's where you stand today. Yeah. Uh, 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 you can't get away from them. It's the same with insurance. Insurance? For the car. Oh, yeah. Same thing that the big boys lobbied for insurance. And make it a law. Once they make it a law, then it just skyrockets because now you must have it. It's just an extortion racket. That's right, and you know uh, if you take uh, uh, you take um, uh, let me see something I forgot it, uh, but uh, uh, if if you could possibly barter now, uh, you couldn't uh, uh, you couldn't get away with it because they wouldn't allow you. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, even a, a parish, the smallest government. Is telling you what you can do, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, you just have to, and you—that's uh, just the way it is. And and it gradually uh, reminds me of a story. One time I heard about uh, uh, a fellow was talking about uh, going to come. They took the frog and mm -hmm. he put him in hot water. Yeah. I mean, put him in water, set him in the water, and then they started to heat it up. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, the frog just uh, sat there, and so, like I said, they keep these things on us one by one, and we haven't resisted, and so uh, they just turn up the heat more and more. Well, the thing is, too, once you get one generation trained, the next generation thinks it's all normal because the parents expect you to do the same. You know, uh, I was just... Uh, uh, telling someone the other day, I said, "Do you know that they uh, they uh, uh, took our gold away from us?" Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, they looked at me like they didn't know what I was talking about. Yep. And I said, "Well, uh, in other countries they call it nationalized, but I said uh, they had the uh, uh, the compliance of the governors. They mm -hmm. didn't have nerve enough to do that. They went and uh, and." Uh, made a sneak deal with the government, uh, the governors, yeah. and uh, and ever since then, they've, uh, uh, they've got the governors to agree to it, anything and everything. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, they had a chance to move out of that square 10 acres, mm -hmm. and they moved out, and, uh, and they've uh, taken us over since then, yeah. by little by little. Mm-hmm. And uh, nobody uh, complains, and now it wouldn't do you any good anyway. Uh, what could you uh, do with a single shot gun against the uh, against the uh, guns that they have now? Yeah. In the hands of the police and the, and the government. No, nothing at all. No. no. You might uh, uh, be able to uh, get one shot off. Mm-hmm. But that's about all. Well, if, if the faceless armies anyway, that's what they showed us in the Star Wars movies, was the 
the mob called the army, and and uh, they're all recruited from the lowest to the low, and they're all trained to do what they're told. Then it wouldn't matter anyway, would it? How many how many you got? Uh, talking uh, uh, talking about that, I was uh, reading this uh, how the uh, how the English uh, separated the, uh, the police from the uh, uh, from the uh, the people on the street. Yeah. Well, I saw that happen here in the United States. Mm-hmm. How they separated the uh, 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 the police from us. Yeah. And the same way but they did the same thing, they separated the army. Mm-hmm. I can remember when uh, uh, the army was uh, uh, at least supposed to have been patriotic and, and uh, trained to uh, defend this country. Yeah. And uh, then they, uh, they took the old line sergeants out, which was the backbone of the, uh, of the army. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, uh, they replaced it, and also they took the, uh, they took the generals. Uh, uh, chief of staff or any general that would uh, talk and they gagged him. Yeah. So they separated the army from the uh, from the people. Mm-hmm. The same way with the police. Yeah. And uh, then uh, uh, cap it off. Uh, uh, they put them in cars to patrol around so they couldn't even get in contact with the people walking the beat. Yeah. And I guarantee you what, there's plenty of overweight cops. They sure couldn't run very far no. nowadays if they no. run out of gas. But they could maybe run to a donut store. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. Uh, but uh, I mean to say, uh, uh, they they think we're the enemy. Yeah. That's the They're trained that way. They actually have specialists going around the different stations. And they get lectures, which makes them paranoid about the people. Mm-hmm. And they keep moving the cops, generally. Once they're federalized, they keep moving them so they don't get to live in an area to even get to know neighbors. They don't want them to know the ordinary people. So they're isolated in a sense. So their brotherhood, you see, they call it a fraternity, a police, for a good reason. Because they're all Masons. I mean, you have to join the Masons if you want to get up the ranks. And they all know that. And... Uh, and and that's their new brotherhood, you see. That's their new family. Yeah, they've done a number job on them, too. You know, like I said, you can see little things happening, and uh, if you're conscious of it, or you, uh, it reaches out and grabs you, mm-hmm. uh, uh, then you uh, uh, you realize that uh, 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 that's what's coming. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, you know... Uh, uh, downgrading the people, yeah. telling them uh, 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 little things that children should know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, repeating this as if they're talking to children yeah. instead of grown people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, and I guess, they, I mean, uh, uh, people that uh, 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 sort of uh, believe, I mean, they, uh, they go along with it because actually most of them are uh, I sound like something is childish in the first place. Act childish. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, just a lot of things that you see and hear. Uh, uh, they start to tell, uh, talking about you know, and and uh, and being uh, afraid. Uh-huh. Uh I mean, uh, of somebody invading. 
Mm-hmm. Well, if they did, I wouldn't blame them because uh, we, went, we went all over the world uh, 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 making people haters. Yeah. I don't know of any nation. Even the Roman Empire wasn't as bad uh, as far as, uh, uh, as invading and uh, taking over like we have. Mm-hmm. they go into these countries they buy over the local henchmen or they create a henchman uh, who dominates the people then they shove in their oil companies and their corporations and keep feeding their henchmen who takes care of the problems from the people and then they become hated again so this is a, the merry-go-round of the corporations you see uh, the, the US is the, the bastion of international corporations yeah, that's what they're really really known for abroad I tell you, anybody that wants to know how uh, know about anything, our relationship, you ought to read the book, uh, The Ugly American. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, they're not content to go in and do business. They want to completely corner a market and dominate it. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But mind you, they, they were taught well by England because England did the same thing they went into countries bought over the henchmen or created the henchmen the front men supplied them with arms for his gang and they would dominate the country and then the London boys would simply loot the country and then England was hated but they've just passed the torch on to the US to do the same thing yes yeah. it's amazing if anybody wants to uh, uh, to uh, look at uh, uh, well we we have, uh, I thought I thought when we was uh, being taught in school that uh, all this uh, Americanism and our Constitution and all our uh, traditions were original Americans, but you can uh, it's just like a blueprint. You can go back and read England's history. Uh, I'm talking about the internal history, mm-hmm. uh, how they uh, related and how they treated their own people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, they they brought uh, they brought the whole system over here. Now to make us feel uh, real, uh, I can remember when they uh, was really flattering us up during the uh, Second World War and making us think we were uh, a reason and such, and uh, and seeing how uh, you know how uh, America the reason that America could get uh, started on the war. Uh, early enough, I mean, so soon, and produce was because we were uh, free, and we had uh, we had a we could uh, do uh, these things impossible war, uh, uh, you know, prepared for war in so quick of a time. Mm-hmm. But then they didn't tell us on the other side that for it takes time to uh, retool for a war, and that uh, uh, the automobile companies and other companies were had uh, changed over. Mm-hmm. They had that retooling done already. No wonder we could produce stuff so quick. <laughs> yeah. But they made us think we were uh, we were really uh, uh, we we were able to do all this stuff because we were so free. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, I always said that if you really want to know the truth, if you want to know the truth, first thing you've got to search for it because it isn't the uh, pre- uh, uh, 
you face every day, uh, but the most important thing is to read both sides of the story. There's always another side of the story yeah. mm-hmm. that, uh, that the uh, government doesn't tell you. Sure. All the secret deals and, and uh, uh, when they got through with, uh, uh, with the way they bossed and coerced and, and uh, used Japan, it's no wonder they... Uh, Yeah, they were writing books in the late 1800s how the U.S., which was um, it was moving in and forcing Japan into commerce. Now, uh, a lot of people know uh, about uh, Alcatraz, but mm. they do they know about Angel Island? That's right. Mm. Uh, you know, where they, uh, uh, I'm sure you know the story mm. yeah. of how they, uh, they let the Chinese in here to build a railroad mm-hmm. and everything, but some reason they wouldn't let the Japanese in, yeah. and the few that was uh, was uh, brought over, uh, they came over here. They put them on Angel Island, and uh, and they uh, wang-danged them, and, and uh, for two or three years, and most of the time they sent them back. Yeah, and all those kind of things uh, uh, makes a country hate you. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, uh, when we started closing up to Japan, we decided we'd uh, uh, you know. Uh, uh, they 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 wanted to get rid of some of their people too. Yep. So they made a gentleman's agreement. Mm-hmm. I love those diplomatic expressions. Yep. As if they knew what a gentleman was in the first place. Mm-hmm. And so lots of them, uh, they uh, made a deal with our uh, Brazil to uh, send the Japanese down there mm-hmm. instead of letting them in yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And uh, then. Uh, why did we treat the Japanese so bad, the native-born Japanese that were here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that sure didn't make uh, uh, Japan lovers any better. No, not at all. But uh, sure enough, I mean, the, the whole Anglo-American agreement was to make sure that Japan couldn't expi- expand in the Pacific, even though they knew they had to, but they, they were ready to stop them from... Because they, they have no real natural resources, like oil and stuff, for their own. To, yet the U.S. was pressuring Japan into a modern society. So what else do, could Japan do except to to try and get all that they needed from elsewhere? You know, it was well known. And even when the U.S. was doing that, you know, uh, and they had gunships off Japan in the 1800s, forcing them into this commercial pact and to upgrade into a modern system. The U.S. also had delegations and an area, uh, as had the British and the French and everybody else, in China, remember, in Shanghai. And that's where the opium wars were going on. And uh, and that was how they got a lot of Chinese in into America as well. It was called tea money. They used to bribe certain Chinese officials to pass the, the bales of opium coming in as tea. That's what they called it, tea. And then in exchange, they were getting thousands of, of people who were stuck on the drug opium as basically slaves. And that's what they brought over to do the railroads and so on. It was quite the racket that was going on. And when you go into who were the founders of this system, all the different partners and from the, the countries, they were all high Freemasons of the noble families. And you had um, in China... You had, in fact, even the Skull and Bones crew, most of their descendants made their big money in the opium wars to do with China. 
And both Kerry and the Bushes family made uh, lots of money. He traced them back. Uh, so they were extorting money in the drug trade, the whole thing. I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, as uh, FDR was so proud of the name Delane, Delaney, mm-hmm. they were dope uh, runners. Yeah, they were dope runners, yeah. Ba- uh, Yankee Clippers. Yeah. Yeah. You'll find that anybody who's anybody in the U.S. dynastical government uh, traces their, their roots back to, to there, you know. Yeah, they're all at it, and same with the British noble families. They were the they were the lieutenant governors of their area. The French had their boys in as well, uh, so they all had a, a cut in in China, and uh, they were just plundering it basically and uh, bribing their way through and turning the people into. And that's why the rebellion, the Boxer Rebellion, started in China. Uh, the people knew they were being destroyed by this influx of opium. Thousands of bales a day were getting dumped in there. And so they had their box of rebellion to kick all the foreigners out. Yeah? wonder why we were given the impression in school it was the Chinese that had the dope, and they doped themselves out of that. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a recent I fiction. Word. <laughs> the wars, the opium wars weren't... Uh, 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 you know, uh, it was uh, the English more. It was trying to give the impression it was in, in English that uh, was trying to uh, uh-huh. uh, stop the uh, the dope. Yeah. But it was the Chinese trying to stop the English from bringing it in. That's right. Or the way around. That's we had the, the Boxer Rebellion and the, the country rose up to kick the foreign devils out. And uh, and and then and of course those boys never forgot that uh, that they'd been kicked out, and so they were determined to alter China. And in the early 1900s, they sent over professors and so on under educational programs to start the beginnings of the teaching of communism, because they'd planned that they would they would give communism to China. And Bertrand Russell was one of the first guys they sent over to teach communism. Lord Bertrand Russell. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> yep. We sure have been a destructive force. Uh-huh. It's fascinating to to understand that. Uh, yes. Well, even even going back to the American Civil War, and watching how the the North under many guises, because let's be honest, the big boys at the top and the bankers who push all this and finance it. Um, and who are true economists they're always planning the future as economists do um, they, they don't care about slavery they didn't give a darn about slavery that wasn't the reason they went in, in there it was a corporate north it was already corporatized that wanted to get into the south and standardize the whole country under the same system yeah, that's what it was well I always thought of powers to be when uh, uh, when Dewey went over there with his big black ships and they, on the eve of the Civil War they should have been at home trying to uh, settle that instead of uh, uh, trying to subdue and uh, make demands on Japan yeah mm-hmm. yeah that's right for a country that supposedly was going to keep itself to itself they keep out of foreign wars they, they they forgot that very quickly very very quickly 
In fact, the whole history of the U.S. has just been one war after another. That's right. I mean, to say, uh, you know, uh, you hear these people talk about uh, uh, war like uh, 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 Germany. Well, uh, most people don't even know Germany wasn't hidden. Uh, hey, let's see, uh, a little uh, 1800. Uh, uh, oh, uh, as a United uh, Nation, hidden mm -hmm. on 150 years. Yeah. And they haven't. How could they have as many wars as we've had? We've been in continuous wars. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, of course, that's the real agenda, because the Founding Fathers knew darn well that give one reality to the public, and the Masonic reality would be kept to themselves, because Franklin and Jefferson both wrote about this, the fact that this would be the beginnings of a confederation of the world. They wrote about that in their own their own memoirs. So that was the real agenda of the United States, but they had to keep the public pla uh, placid and pacified by telling them the opposite. But uh, the, the old story is you know them by their works. It's not what they say, it's what they do. That's right. Mm -hmm. By the time I have, we believe anybody's when the word uh, suit their actions. Yeah. But when they... Uh, when they say one thing and do another, I, I look at what they're doing, not what they're saying. Yeah. And then, uh, l uh, look, uh, look what we did to uh, uh, Mexico mm -hmm. uh, uh, for both wars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, very, very uh, uh, unnecessary, uh, brutalized, I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, they hadn't recovered from the uh, from the French takeover. Mm -hmm. They were weak, and we went down there, and of course we set it up in Texas. Yeah, that's how we got the inner wedge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and took all those states from Mexico. Mm -hmm. The driving machine of the world, the the war machine, that was the function of America. And, of course, they, pu they pushed all the Indians off their land into reservations. Today we call them habitat areas. Now, we have no more function once we finish off the Middle East. Then we'll be shoved into habitat areas. Isn't it amazing how it goes around, eh? Yeah. Yeah? Well, uh, sometimes it, uh, uh, your chickens come home to roost. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as uh, uh, the Indians, we uh, committed... Genocide on them. Yep. Mm -hmm. We got rights to talk about anybody else mm -hmm. doing I anything. Yep. I don't know what America hasn't done. Uh -huh. That uh, that isn't disgraceful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the most disgraceful things can be re rewritten and put into movies, and a completely opposite spin given to to show you how glorious it was. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Well, what we wouldn't do with the, with the, uh, with the, without the movies. What mm -hmm. could we do without the movies and the TV? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Old General Custer was quite the character, and he he wanted his name to get up into politics. He wanted to go into politics after the military, and that's why he wanted to wipe out every Indian. And he was a showman, of course. And he did. They just went to Indian territories and slaughtered to whoever was there, men, women, and children. That's right. 
and they knew what they were doing and then when they made a, a slip up and got too cocky and they, they hit their little bighorn and got wiped out you know the, the, the 7th Cavalry when they reformed it never forgave that and they were given permission to escort Indians later on uh, to, to various settlements the worst settlements on the most sparse land you can imagine and then of course it was them it was there at Wounded Knee where they slaughtered them all on the way to the reservation in the snow. Ah, wounded knee. Yeah. I think that was in Nebraska or somewhere. Yeah. But uh, anyway, they wanted to take them from the, uh, their land and put them in a different land that was uh, uh, just adverse to them. They wasn't used to it. They died of starvation and... Uh, yeah. And, uh, and, uh, the disease that comes with starvation, yeah. A disease. That's what I was thinking about saying. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, uh, then you uh, read Sand Creek mm -hmm. militia. No, I don't think that uh, we got anything in our history that I'd be proud of. No. But again, Hollywood has altered it completely. Oh, I can see uh, Errol Flynn leading the bunch. Was doing the right thing. See, see all this stuff you see. We forget that the economists, before there was even a United States of America, they had people like John Stuart Mill, then his son with the same name, uh, doing the same thing, writing about the inferior types that would have to die. See, they all believed in Darwinism. They were all Darwinists because they were all Masons. It's a Darwinist. The Darwinism is just a Masonic theory of evolution. And so they had it all written down of the inferior types that had to die off on the planet. And that's why they could kill the Indians so easily. They never saw them as people. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Same way with Africans. Same way, uh-huh. Yeah, same way. And really, as they come down to it, they don't think much better. Uh, our, uh, uh, our, I mean, our people. No. I mean, uh, you know, the, the common person. That's right. Anyone who's at the bottom of the totem pole is just an inferior mix of genes, according to them. And that's what the public will never get through their heads. A few do, but most don't. Is that the, the peasant of China or the peasant of Britain or the peasant of Canada or the States is no different from, from each other as far as the elite are concerned. They have no favorites. Yeah. It's how you've got up in the world that decides your, survive, your, your, your fitness for survival. That's the whole theory of social Darwinism. Yeah. In this economic system, there is no room for humaneness or humanity as such. What we think of as humaneness. This is an inhumane, efficient system. And that's how it's run. Yeah. And the more scientific, supposedly, they run it, the less humane it will be. That's right. Yeah. That's our problem with all of that. Yeah. And uh, the public today have been given a, a temporary gorging of all the goods of the world, dirt cheap, and they think they've never had it so good. And yet even as they're doing it, they forget the Earth Charter was signed 
Agenda 21 was signed and they wonder why all these sudden catastrophes are happening and power outages are going out. That was all part of it. They're going to cut back all utilities, all energy sources to the West and get them used to doing without electricity or at least without as much electricity, gasoline, etc., etc. That's all written in those charters. And lo and behold, it's happening under the guise of, of uh, freak weather or just erratic power outages. That's how they're training the public to accept it. The cleverest thing, I guess you could call uh, I just use that word for want of a betterment, uh, they're not going to make you get out, uh, they're not going to make you get out of that car. Mm. They're going to show you, uh, you're going to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Until you have the new Sovietized World Union where you can't leave your area without permission and a stamp. Just what I was going to say, uh, uh, you, uh, you don't need, they uh, have a little, uh, uh, what do they call it, a, a village. A con- uh, yeah. I call it a concentration camp. Their habitat area, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's still a concentration. It is. And uh, so there will be no, uh, you have everything that you need there, so you don't need to go anywhere. You don't, no. Not only that, uh, all under the guise of a, of a Walmart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can get everything you need at Walmart. That's right. If you're good. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And you're, the chip accepts you as you walk through the door. So it's it's all arranged. We're well underway. The public are only seeing the side effects as it starts to move forward. They don't realize any of this that, that we're talking about, that the Agenda 21, the Earth Charter, all that stuff is all in force now. We're starting to see it being enforced. It's just a word that you hear occasionally that, uh, uh, and they never explain it. Mm-hmm. They don't dare to. No. No, they don't. It's all happening, and, and the public are getting trained slowly, slowly, that that everything's going to be a crisis because we just can't supply the energy. We can't keep up with the energy. We're just falling behind. And, see, Europe already has rolling brownouts where they'll tell you in advance, well, it's your city's turn this week to have four hours cut or six hours or eight hours or whatever, and they give you brownouts. That, but the U.S., they're doing it a slightly different way. They're creating the storms, and then they're just cutting the power lines and, and saying, well, you know, freak storm put out the power, and you'll get used to it eventually. And the FEMA and all these emergency groups that were set up back in the early 90s to deal with this long before 9-11 came along are now coming into view. They're going round doors. They were doing that there with this this um, uh, emergency state of affairs they had with this latest storm. FEMA was there, military police were going around and they were going door to door in a lot of the different states and uh, taking people out of their homes and putting them in these heated areas. So they're getting everybody used to a wartime situation like it was the London Blitz or something. And the public are getting trained that this is going to be the new normal. Getting used to the army telling you what to do. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And when military police come in you're now under, obviously, martial law. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
I uh, I saw some of that happen here in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Actually, uh, uh, they they had the uh, the, uh, the army here, and uh, and according to Brown, uh, he was talking. I mean, they was uh, he and uh, Henry, General Henry. Now he's regular army. Mm-hmm. He come down here. He didn't even uh, uh, change uniforms or. Uh, hit the ground to be a national guard. It was the army, yeah. and so they discussed uh, 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 martial law. What mm-hmm. for? Yep. Yep. And why was it? Uh, 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 they were they were uh, they were uh, setting up. I don't know what happened. Maybe they didn't uh, uh, decide to push it enough, but uh, they had armed forces all over the place. Yep. In uh, grocery stores and uh, gas places, mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, in other words, uh, I don't. I I more suspect that there wasn't uh, exactly uh, uh, there to protect us. It was to uh, uh, maybe get something started. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were prepared for whatever came up, or they uh, perpetrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who would have ever thought? I would never thought I'd see. Uh, uh, army unit, army in a uh, grocery store. Yeah. And that's as far as I went because I, 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 I do have a little sense. I could see it was a, uh, uh, a situation that could, you don't know. And like I said, you, you didn't get the real truth. Mm-hmm. Yep. But there was uh, uh, just a. I wouldn't say so much that they were preparing for what would happen. I think it was more like they were hoping something would happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's still treating the public, though, you see. Oh, yes. You, they you, adapted those uniforms so quickly. Mm-hmm. Being around there, that they're getting trained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until one day they'll be begging them to come in and help them. That's exactly what Rockefeller said, remember? That speech he gave in California some years ago. He says, he says the American people will, will beg the UN in under the right circumstances. Yeah. Well, he should know since they, they, they do plan the future. Well, uh, uh, lots of people might say, well, uh, this, is, uh, this is all... Uh, you don't know anything about this. You don't know if this is so. And I tell them, well, you don't know it isn't so. But mm-hmm. if you read about something uh, they telling you uh, 50 years ago, and bop, 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 it falls right in line, and it's uh, that's the way it's happened. Yeah. You can see it. Mm-hmm. And like I've seen, I've seen the government just uh, uh, low rate the people, take them down, and make them, uh, uh, you know, uh, uns- uh well, then they make them depend on them. Yep. Depend on mm-hmm. them. Yep. And, uh, and uh, scaring them. Mm-hmm. Always scaring them. Yep. yep. Keeping them in a state of fear. Sure. Yeah. That's the system. That is the system. And it's so easy to do today because, as I say, they've had a generation that's never. Let's be honest, anybody getting born and brought up in the last 20 years, is, they'll think they're living in luxury. 
they take everything for granted because every generation does and they've got all their toys and all their cell phones and all their playthings and they have no idea of what hardship really is no real hardship and you can remember one time you, you told me that uh, when you were small there was a there was a cow there and during the depression and you looked at it and you wish it would fall dead so you could eat it yeah yeah well uh uh, I mean, uh, you know, we were meat hungry. Uh huh. You didn't get, uh, you didn't get, uh, uh I mean, uh, meat was killed maybe in the fall, like yeah. a hog or something, and you didn't kill it. You had, the, uh, chicken had to quit producing to, uh, 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 to, uh, uh, put her in the pot because, uh, she produced eggs. Yeah. Well, the same way with the cow. You see, I, uh, uh I, I looked at the cow. And uh, and she was down, and uh, I said, "Oh boy, oh boy!" I said, she, uh, "We're going to have some meat." Mm-hmm. And then I got to thinking, I gave it second thought, and I said, "Well, we won't have any milk, so I would rather have the milk because it lasts longer. I would like to have the meat, but the milk is the most important." Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, uh, that was a big decision with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought about that, the pro and con. It wasn't something that I I got a piece of uh, a steak or something uh, uh, or uh, meat now like today and I didn't want to eat it and I threw it away. Uh-huh. Because you see, so much waste. I know. Today. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they have they haven't the faintest conception of what, but uh, it's just like a a balloon and when they pick it. It's gonna go all. It's gonna go right on back down to those days again. Yeah. So fast. Uh, but the thing is, you see, uh, people, uh, uh, even if they were uh, poor and they wasn't knowing whatever meal they was gonna have the next meal, well, uh, you didn't steal. But uh, the way these permissive people are and no morals and uh, and uh, and no control, they gonna kill each other to get what they want. Yes, they will. Yeah. It won't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. In fact, they'll kill you if you don't have something. They will, yeah. Well, you know, just watching all of these exercises happening in the States there, uh, I think it was only the other day there, some of them got their power back after that storm. And a lot of them were freezing because of no heat. They weren't prepared at all. They didn't have any food stored up. Uh, uh, as I say, no electricity. The, the government was even given handing out uh, generators temporarily, and bunches of the people in every state were dying of carbon monoxide because they were putting them inside their houses, the generators, because people were going out the backyards in the cities and stealing them. Yeah, that's what was happening. Well. You see that that's that's a, that's a civilization you're living in today. There's no help each other. For any, no. any kind of emergency, the, uh, the authorities, the government's going to take care of everything. Mm-hmm. So yep. you don't have to. I doubt if they. It's like I've asked people, "Do you have any spare water in your house? Do you keep any water?" Mm-hmm. And then, uh, uh, then they have it to show you how uh, thoughtless and how uh, how. Uh, unprepared they are in these days 
uh, they'll go to town and buy uh, uh, water. And they, before the water shuts off, well, uh, they could catch them some water. Mm-hmm. But I doubt if they even can keep a container. Yeah. And I bet you they don't have a quilt in the house or any preparations. Mm-hmm. Yep. They have, uh, uh, somebody's going to take care of them. Mm-hmm. But isn't it so, so what's interesting is how quickly, just in, in a, a time span from, say, 1910-20 to the present, in no time at all, they have no idea of how to even use candles safely. Uh, because they found out in that power outage, but the big test a couple of years ago when they blocked off a good part of the power from all the way down through Canada and Ontario right through into the States and still couldn't figure out exactly how it happened, supposedly. It was a test. And people were burning their places down because they were sticking candles down where the dog would wag it off with its tail or children would knock them over. They were totally out of any practical sense of how to simply use even basic things like candles. And so the fire engines were out all the time coping with all the, 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 the mayhem of very impractical people and, and it reminds me of what Plato said he, he said the easiest civilization to take down is the most advanced because they, they, they've lost touch on how basic living or survival occurs they don't know how they're, they're living in an artificial system too artificial and when they have to go back to basic stuff, they haven't got a clue. Not even common sense. And uh, and everything uh, works like that to keep them from uh, knowing anything. Mm-hmm. Well, the ads on TV tell us we're just progressing and everything's just getting better and better. Yeah. Well, I don't know what uh, side they're looking at, mm-hmm. but I can remember... Uh, 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 from the 40s on, uh, my next generation, and then uh, you could say uh, uh, the grandchildren. Uh, now they just uh, uh, like little children. They don't know how to do any. I mean, survive of any way. Mm-hmm. No way do they know. Like I said, uh, uh, they go to the store. Uh, if they don't go to town to buy a fast meal, they uh, buy just enough to uh, uh, last them for the day. And every day they don't have anything in the house mm-hmm. to uh, survive on. Well, you know, if you had any common sense, uh, you live in uh, uh, adverse uh, weather like we do down here, or you have snowstorms, pronged snowstorms, you should have a little uh, supply of, of uh, advance. Uh, survival food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. There's no uh, reason you couldn't. I mean, with uh, uh, with uh, 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 prepared. Uh, I mean, dried vegetables. You know. I mean, uh, soup, dried soup that you can add water to. Yeah. Heck, you can. Uh, I doubt if they have a bucket to even get any snow. <laughs> I know. They, uh, mm-hmm. Would think about it. Yeah. It's a coming. We're getting used to it now with the, the, the occasional storm.
storm, you know, and of course the storms are caused by man. They can do it so simply now with science. They had boasted about it that, that the U.S. would own the weather. The Air Force would own it. That was in the papers. And they do own the weather, so they can bring it all on and then blame us for doing it. And then move us off into the little habitat areas where they can manage us, micromanage us. Well, look at the... Uh, uh, look at the unusual weather in uh, uh, mid-California. Uh, yeah. Uh, down to uh, Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and if you watch the jet stream, that's what's causing it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's right in the Treaty on Weather Warfare at the United Nations from the 1970s that they could bring down the jet stream right to ground level and, co- and wreak havoc. So they're doing it. That's what's, that's what's doing here. Yeah. Well, in fact, didn't you say that they uh, uh, they uh, uh, had a treaty that they couldn't use it on each other? On other nations, yeah. Other nations. Yeah. That's right. Although they've broken that already because it was in the newspapers in the Gulf War One. I. I like how they're always like one and two. It's like World War One and two, and then Gulf War One and two. They always have a duad in their system, but in Gulf War One, it was in the British newspapers, and I have the cuttings here uh, that HARP, EMF, uh, extremely low frequency uh, pulsations, had been used on the Iraqi troops, and that's why you saw them coming up really dazed and confused out of the desert. It wasn't because the artillery had, had pounded them or anything. They were literally being bombarded for uh, 24 hours solid with harp pulse technology. So they had used it on them. Yeah. But maybe Iraq hadn't signed a treaty, you see, so they could hit them. Well, uh, yeah. uh, did I hear somebody or read somewhere where they had snow there? Uh-huh. Which was very, very unusual. Yes, they did. In fact... Uh, oh. Uh, there was a book put out by one of the guys who was in the Special Air Service afterwards, and the the, the, the sticks that went in, as they call them, sticks, uh, groups of guys, uh, to Iraq were all ready for the for normal Iraqi weather, and they, when they landed, it was in a blizzard, snow blizzard, and he wrote about it, and it was all across the border of Iraq. That's where all the blizzard was. So it was micromanaged even that. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they were watching. They did not build the weather warfare technology to just to stand and take photographs and admire. They built it to use. And now it's getting used to convince the public that we're getting global warming and freak weather while they're spraying the skies every day, using harp every day, and causing it to happen. But the dual public hasn't a clue. He'll believe the media before he'll look at the sky and watch it for himself. Well, a person wonders if uh, all uh, all these new diseases and uh, and uh, sickness of the uh, increased sickness of the people, if uh, that's uh, could that be coming from the sky? Yeah, I know. Yeah, let's dose them with chemicals and, and watch the results. That's why so many people have bronchitis now. You ask any pharmacist, he'll tell you what's increasing in the health field and what the problems are. 
and you can't doze all these chemicals into the atmosphere day after day something that shouldn't be there to begin with in nature and expect the people to be just as healthy of course they won't be but you can't tell the public you're poisoning them you see this is the big stick is the weather modification and the havoc it will create this is the big stick to make us totally change our way of living they must make us believe that we're responsible for this nonsense and it's a huge magic trick like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain he's got all the sciences there and he's using them and it will not be mentioned on the media the media's job is to make you look at the effects of it and, and, and to make us believe we are to blame this is the big this is the big tool that they're using to change the entire way of life for the coming people the generations And they can never come out and admit this. That's why the, the media is completely silent because they know that it's going to take thousands of people's deaths and that they, uh, this chemicalization of the atmosphere and therefore they've got to keep that quiet. They can't tell the public. See, they've gone too far. I always say it's like the axe man, the man who cuts the head off the executioner. You can maybe do something and get the word out when he's lifting the axe, but when that axe is halfway down, he can't stop. And these guys can't stop now and admit what they've done already because they're committing murder on the public. People are dying, obviously, with, with all these uh, respiratory problems. And it will affect other organs, too, apart from your lungs because you're absorbing it and you're, it's getting in your bloodstream. They can't tell us. They can never come out now and admit the truth. Can't do it now. The axe is halfway down. Sort of like when you halfway up. Uh, uh, you get, you fall. <laughs> There's certain points you can't. You're just gonna fall. That's all. You can't catch yourself. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So it's a, a beautiful, well-organized, heavily financed operation that's going on. It had to have been even just the, the sprays, since they're doing most of the world. They had to have been storing that stuff and making it for, for, for decades and decades, all for the use starting in the mid-90s, big time. Uh, that's a lot of preparation and planning, uh, all done in secret. Yeah. Secrets? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where was that stuff stored? Mm-hmm. Who, who produced it? Yes, yeah, so we're the big chemical boys. We know who they are. They have to be on the act. But I'm saying still, uh, uh, ordinary people had to do the dirty work yep. and work uh, work with it. Yeah. And yet most of them, even in the plants that make the stuff, wouldn't even have to know what it was for. That's right. They'd tell them a lie or whatever. I guess what I was going to say when I said that, uh, they don't know nothing. Mm -hmm. They just work in there. Yeah. That's right. And I've no doubt uh, different batches of, of part of the, pr the procedure was made in one plant and the rest moved to another, so they had no idea of the finished product. There'd be a, one plant that would end up doing the finished stuff, you see. That's how they do these things. But yeah, the public must be convinced that we're causing this problem, even though the world has never been stable weather-wise. 
and I keep telling the public, you know, well, look at the so-called so-called experts who've drilled deeply into the Arctic and Antarctic. All admit there's been many ice ages and many ice ages. And I say, well, what happens between an ice age and an ice age? Well, it's a warming process between ice ages. Otherwise, you'd have a continuous ice age. Right. So we're just going through one of the warming phases. In other words, it's a, it's a normal cycle. It's a normal cycle, and they know this. Yep. And this used to be in school books when I was small. This this was geography as we were taught it. Uh, this kind of information was in the school books when you started junior school. Yeah. But they've got the public convinced today that we somehow go through everything at the same way every year. Nothing changes as we're traveling billions of miles uh, around the sun, back round and round and round in, in these elliptical orbits. They think that everything is exactly the same for some strange reason because they're so ignorant about it. <laughs> they, have, they have no idea uh, that nothing's ever the same one year to the next. There's always a little variation. Never mind the bigger variations we get every five, six hundred years or so. And yet that used to be taught in, in, in geography when you were five or six. I can remember it. Well, and like you said one time, uh, uh, the, the people wasn't there. They didn't cause this in, in uh, eons ago. It uh -huh. wasn't the, the population that we have now. So it wasn't the people that caused this. That's it's right. It's just a natural uh, uh, course. Of course, yeah. They, they didn't have automobiles uh, after the or before the last ice age. So what caused that? Eh? <laughs> and what brought that on? And what warmed it up too? Well, I tell you, if you can tell somebody to worry about a little cigarette puff of cigarette smoke mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, and uh, the millions of cars that uh, emit uh, carbon dioxide, mm -hmm. that's what they should be worried about, not a little uh, cigarette smoke. Yeah, and, and let's be honest, here they are dousing with thousands of tons of chemicals. We live in a chemical world. And they're, down, they're, they're dousing us from the skies, but they, they care about you smoking. Who's kidding who? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Who is kidding who? Well, like I told uh, uh, it's I don't believe anybody can die. It's, it's a matter of control. Yes, it is. Uh -huh. It is nothing but control, and it, it, I don't know how it is in Canada, but it's pretty well uh, uh, proven that they can control the people. Yes. I mean, uh, in fact, I was thinking the other day, I, did, I don't even see anybody smoking anymore. They're scared they to do, smoke. They look like they're uh, hiding in a corner somewhere. Well, they're scared to smoke, Effie. Yeah, that's what I mean. And also, like I said, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, uh, you know, I, I said, well, you're not, you're not worried about, are you worried about a little cigarette smoke? I said, uh, and you want that cut out? I said, what, uh, uh, what's going to happen when they uh, get your favorite little kick uh, uh, and uh, your, uh, uh, your favorite little uh, thing that you like to do and supposed to tell you that you can't do that anymore? Yeah. Yeah. And goodness knows, uh, uh, cigarette isn't uh, isn't as detrimental as drinking, and yeah. all the other vices that people have, they don't do anything about that. No, they can't because they've stopped drinking and they stopped supporting the sports, and they've got to have sports. That's right. Yeah. 
But yeah, what they call it is social, creating social approval and disapproval. And it's the same techniques, Pavlovian techniques that they're using in China. And, and that's what they're doing. It's, it's called social disapproval, social disapproval, uh, or approval. They can make anything approved or anything disapproved, and the public start parting it without thinking. And, and that's what they want. They don't want a thinking public. They want a reactive public. And they got it. I listen to the slogans that come out of people's mouths as they complain about something, and, and I, I can tell them where they've got it. They, they haven't even realized it themselves. They're like parrots, you know. Mm-hmm. Yep. These parrots are colorful. You get a line and I'll get a poor honey. You get a line and I'll get a poor bay. You get a line and I'll get a pull and we'll go down to the crawled hole. Honey, baby mine. Get up, old man, you slept too late, honey. Get up, old man, you slept too late, babe. Get up, old man, you slept too late. The crawled and man that passed your gate. Honey, baby mine. You get a line and I'll get a pole, honey. You get a line and I'll get a pole, babe. You get a line and I'll get a pole. We'll go down to the crawled hole. Honey, 